For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The question isn't now and never has been whether or not Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert would like to add a quarterback through the draft. It's a matter of what it would cost. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Malik Willis is probably QB1 in the coming draft. And I say that with all due respect to everything that Kenny Pickett achieved here at Pitt. Willis is the one whose stock jumped at the Senior Bowl. Pickett did well for himself too, but nobody was talking about Willis's small hands or anything like that. And Willis is the one who brings to the table the type of mobility that a lot of teams, now including the Steelers, feel is essential at the quarterback position, not just a luxury, not just something that you do as a gimmick. As such, Willis is rated above Pickett in almost every mock you'll find. And in fact, he's seen as a top 10 overall pick on most of those. Now, what that means for the Steelers is basically this, since they're picking at number 20 overall. There's virtually no one that expects the top quarterback in any draft class, even one that's as down as this, to last to 20th. In turn, for the Steelers to even entertain selecting Willis, they'd also have to entertain trading up. And that's just not something I'm feeling. You know, you'd never get this out of the team for a bunch of reasons. But try to picture being Mike Tomlin and or Kevin Colbert and approaching Art Rooney and saying, you know, we're really feeling this Willis kid. We we feel like it'd be worth moving up. And then it's remembered that it was only a couple of years ago that they moved up to get Devin Bush, and how'd that work out? Yeah, I know, the knee blew out, and he's deserving of some patience on that front because he did show promise as a rookie. But when you move up, you're moving real capital, draft capital. In Bush's case, it was a third and a fifth. Now, they can justify that however they want because those were the picks that they got for Antonio Brown but it was still a third and a fifth who could have been players for the Steelers, all just to slide up a handful of spots and not even enough to get the linebacker they should have tried to get, which was the other Devin, Devin White. That would have required more draft capital, but hey, if you're moving up, 
you gotta be sure. You just gotta be. The NFL draft is so precious and so critical to team building. You can make the occasional mistake, but you can't make the occasional mistake that also involves draft capital. And I'm sorry, there are still too many flags, and there are going to remain too many flags about Malik Willis to think seriously about doing that with him. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. None of this is to suggest, by the way, that I don't like Willis. I've liked what I've seen. I've loved what I've read about him. But I also know that his height is six feet, three inches, so he's not even really six one. That's difficult for a quarterback in the NFL. I also know that he had accuracy issues at Liberty, overthrowing a lot of guys, missing wide with a lot of guys. He didn't have the greatest receivers, to be fair, but that doesn't mean you miss the ones who are open. What he does have, to his inestimable credit, is the premier mobility of any quarterback in this class. He isn't Lamar Jackson, but then nobody is. He also has just a breathtaking arm in terms of his strength, his release, the ease with which he puts up a deep ball. These are all things, everything I just mentioned to you, that cannot be taught. Whereas, for full context, you can become a more accurate thrower. You can improve your technique, your footwork, and everything else that goes into how and when you go about executing a pass. He can improve. But even then, if you want to get into the crazy hypothetical and presume that he would last to number 20, and the Steelers literally have their pick of quarterbacks, I'd still be hesitant to go for Willis or, for that matter, pick it. Because the need right now is the best available player on offense other than running back. Maybe also other than tight end. That's your need. Organizationally, short-term, long-term, that's your need. You're going nowhere without addressing that need. And the best way to do that, the smartest way to do that since the dawn of time has been to take, repeat after me, best player available. Maybe Willis will be that depending on how it plays out. It sure would be an unpredictable first round if he's at 20. So you never know, right? But I'm still feeling that the year 2022 for the Pittsburgh Steelers will be about loading up on best available players on offense, regardless of the round, regardless of the order. From there, you use the year 
however it is that you wish. If you see it quietly or under the table as a rebuilding year, and you go and see what you've got in Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, someone else who's brought in from the outside, great. But don't use the draft to force some kind of compensation at the quarterback position. That doesn't make sense. And besides, more important, I think, than any of what I've said so far, next year's draft class looks far more promising at that position. And if you're going to use draft capital to move up, which the Steelers very well might have to do, depending on how they finish, that'll be the year to do it. Not now, not with this kind of uncertainty. When we come back, just one question. Today's J1Q comes from Adam Gassler, who asks, will the Steelers actually spend the money they have in free agency? You know, normally, the laugh that I just gave would be a satisfactory answer to that, because you would just say, of course, yeah, they've always spent up to the cap. But they didn't. They didn't in 2021. And I know that their defenders and water carriers will will come rushing. Oh, of course they did. Yeah, they would have if they had known about David DeCastro a few months earlier or whatever. It's all nonsense. It's complete nonsense. And it's provably, demonstrably false that the Steelers were somehow trapped in some setting that they couldn't spend $10.25 million of cap space. Did the DeCastro development come a little late in the process to take the fullest advantage of free agency, meaning that they could have gone out and gotten another offensive lineman from the open market? Sure it did. That's fair. That's accurate. Did this stop them from going and trading for one? Hell no. There's no logic to defending the Steelers entering the 2021 season And then going through the portion of the season that they did, even more strikingly, leading up to the trade deadline, without making a single bleeping move to address the line. They saw with their own eyes it was a shambles. They went through actual NFL games to see it for themselves and still left that cap space sitting there. Why? I don't know. That's not a question they'd ever answer. So we're not going to hear it from them either. But I do know that even if for whatever reason you wouldn't care about how that impacted them competitively, and it was significant, you'd have to question the authenticity of Art Rooney requiring Ben Roethlisberger to take a pay cut of just about that amount and then letting him get creamed behind that garbage offensive line that he had. And to be honest, I'm surprised it's something that Ben found a way to stay at least mostly mum about. 
through the season, unless you count that time in Minneapolis when Ben walked off to the sideline and could very clearly be seen shouting at Tomlin, that's four, that's four, meaning four times he'd been sacked already by the Vikings. So now that they have untold tens of thousands, I see the number on this fluctuate constantly, so I'm not even about to try to round it up or down, but it's more cap space than they've ever had. And now that I think it's at least reasonable to project that unlike whatever anyone had feared beforehand, Minka Fitzpatrick's not about to break the bank in Pittsburgh. He'll be expensive, and he should be. He's earned it. But the idea that Minka is some sort of generational Troy-level type talent certainly took a modest hit in 2021. He was still very good, and he was forced to do things that he shouldn't have had to have been forced because of the ineptitude of the inside linebackers in front of him. But it's not like he's going to be able to back up the Brinks truck the way T.J. Watt did and just say, here's, where's my blank check, you guys? And that's just not in the equation. I do think, to attempt to answer your question, that there's still a lot of players that the Steelers have to keep. When we're talking about safeties, we might as well also mention that Terrell Edmonds should be on that list. I know he hasn't always been everyone's favorite, but if you were watching in 2021 and didn't appreciate what he did, I, I don't really know what to say at this point other than you're just clinging to an outdated narrative. I'd like to see T.E. retained. I'd like to see some kind of effort, a reasonable one, made to keep Juju Smith-Schuster. Not because I think he's going to return to rookie form or that he's not going to have any more issues with injuries, but more because the wide receiver position really, really needs it. And you know what you're going to get from him in terms of effort and to a certain extent in production. But even then, even then, there are still more moves that the Steelers have to make that are going to, in all likelihood, create even more cap space than what we see now. A lot of that depending, obviously, on how the Stefan Tuitt situation plays out. Do I hope they'll spend all of it? Yeah, I do. Do I think they will? Again, you know, I've got 2021 on the mind. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do this again tomorrow. 